you know, but um, um, thank you so much, Amaka Eze, for having me. Amaka is, I would like to call her a sister now. Um, and we actually did meet on LinkedIn. I think I met too many people on LinkedIn, and it's always very interesting when I meet them. You know. um, so my name is Amaka, <coughs> Amaka Amalu, and okay. So Bill Keys and Chidima would appreciate if you can mute your mic. Bill Keys and Chidima. Bill Keys, Chidima, and I think Adela Beckbo. Okay, Chidima has done. Okay, great. So um, my name is Amaka, Amaka Amalu, and I, I really feel honored, you know, to be doing this. This is one thing that I'm passionate about, having to speak to people, most especially people, young professionals in their career for me, TVS. Um, I, it's something that I really like to do. So I'm, I'm honored to be on here. I'd like to introduce myself from the start. Yeah, so I, I studied English language for my first degree. I, I schooled here in Nigeria, University of Lagos. I served, I started my career in a consultant firm. It was a HR consultant firm somewhere in Abuja. HR consulting, but typically into learning and development, which is something that I will retire to. You know, L&D is something I'm extremely passionate about and it's something I know I'll retire to. So that was how I started my career. But at the point, at the point in my life, then I, I just knew that, you know, being a specialist wasn't, you know, how to go, you know, especially for a young professional. So I really wanted to get the full grasp of the, you know, human resources thing. So I left the consulting firm and moved to the financial sector. So I worked in a bank for some time. Of course, I, I did generalist HR. I started as a platform assistant, you know, I did everything, everything, HR, recruitment and selection, compensation and benefit, learning and development, staff welfare, everything, you know. So I, 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 I had the full HR um, knowledge. And after I left the bank, I moved, I was headhunted, you know, to, to there was, there was, uh, a security, a private security firm that uh, moved to Nigeria and they needed someone to basically set up their HR firm, you know, and run, set up and run their HR um, team. So I, I was, um, I was going to do that. So I did that for a couple of years also before I moved to Lagos or back to Lagos. So all these were in Abuja actually. So when I moved to Lagos, I started, uh, I, I moved to a telco um, firm, MTN. And I would always say that that was a kind of distraction. You know, I felt like, oh, yes, human resources uh, was my career and that was what I wanted to, you know, do full time and all. But there was some kind of distraction and no, maybe not distraction, a detour, you know, if I would call it that. So I did customer relations management and quality assurance in MTN. So um, I didn't do HR, but you know, because I knew that HR was what I wanted to do, and of course I had the assurance that I would be moved to the HR team, which never happened till I left, but it felt like I was doing my, you know, CRM and my QA from the HR 
you know, point of view, you know. So it was a fantastic experience for me. Um, sorry, I, there's a chat. I, I just want to be sure that everyone can hear me. Okay, so um, it was a fantastic experience for me. So something totally different from HR, quality assurance, customer relations management, high level, you know, not, uh, yeah, high level. So I really enjoyed my stay there. So after I left uh, MTN, so it felt like I, I had a career path. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, so I want to do HR and do HR like fully, you know, and I wanted to experience HR in different industries. You know, HR is HR, yes. But HR works differently in different sectors. So I said, okay, so I've done, you know, private sector, I've done uh, consulting, I've done bank, you know, I've done telco. I, I really want to, you know, do HR somewhere else. So my next point of course was, point of call was going to be FMCG. I had gotten two offers actually, you know, from top FMCG companies. Um, but that's, there was a, there was, that, that had to wait because the legal thing came, you know, and I just thought, oh, okay, the legal industry, I never even, you know, this was never even, you know, on the radar at all, you know, let's give it a shot. And then I, I, I went into the legal industry and that was another total detour, you know, again. So I was, I was brought in to do organizational restructuring actually and workforce planning. You know, so while I was there, I had, I had done about three months or uh, about three to six months. And of course, they realized that Amaka is just not HR, you know. She's not like she's not HR. I mean, she's more, way more than HR. Like she can do more than, you know, what she was brought in to do. So it was at that point I had like a career transition. Basically, I transitioned into core business strategy. So I started doing everything within the confines of business development, business growth business expansion, brand and reputation management, you know, targeted at, of course, business development. So I, I, I had a great time, you know, all the while, I mean, before then, I, I knew I could sell. I knew I was good at uh, promoting brands, you know, and selling brands, basically. But I just didn't want to have that uh, Amaka is doing marketing or Amaka is doing business development. I don't know. There was just something about, about it that, you know, I wasn't just comfortable about. But I started and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I found out that I could sell and I, I, not like I could just sell, but I could sell very well, you know selling products, you know, selling ideas, selling services, you know. So I got on that and it was a great, 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 great experience for me. So um, I'll just like to touch on some things. So uh, our convener, Amaka, had sent me um, two major questions. Okay, so the second one is tell your story. So telling my story about how I leveraged LinkedIn to land, you know, job and business opportunities. So... Um, I have gotten a lot of business opportunities um, from LinkedIn. Maybe not jobs per se, but more, of course, job offers, a lot of job offers, but more business you know, opportunities. So LinkedIn is um, social media. So we all know what social media is. There's the Instagram, there's the Facebook, there's the Twitter, there's um, all of those other you know, social media platforms, and there's LinkedIn. 
you know, when people say LinkedIn is not social media, I tell them, I don't, I don't agree. LinkedIn is social media, but it's just that LinkedIn is maybe corporate social media, if you would, you know, put it that way. So I, I had to get on LinkedIn because I knew that LinkedIn was where my, if I would call my, my clients, I mean, my target audience, you know, LinkedIn was where I could find them, especially because of what I was doing um, in the industry where I was working, you know. So I knew my targets, I knew my KPIs, I knew the expectations of my employer, and I knew that LinkedIn was just the place where I could get on, you know, since I couldn't, I mean, yes, Nigeria, networking, physical networking and all, but LinkedIn was a place where I knew I could connect with every other person outside the space where I was, you know, which is Nigeria. And I would, as we go on, you know, I would mention a couple of things that I did uh a couple of things that i did you know on linkedin to attract the kind of visibility you know that i have gotten so far so um the first question you know that the convener sent me she just said general understanding of the nigerian job market and uh, career outlook for 2020 she said uh, what should participants do differently this year in their career pursuit you know taking into consideration their job levels so here in Amis, we have uh, we have fresh graduates, we have entry level um, people, we have mid level, and we have managerial levels. Um, so I'll just do like bullet points. You know, I don't want to bore us with so many stories and you know pros and all. So I'll just touch on bullet points. So the first thing I have here is vision, value, and vibe. Vision, value, and vibe. Vision is your goal. What do you want out of life? Value is what you have to offer. What do you have as skill, as competence, as strengths? You know, what do you have to offer? Vibe, how on fire are you to do these things? How on fire are you to add this value to this company, to move it from the level where it is to the level where it ought to be? How on fire are you, you know, to achieve what you have set out to achieve in life? So vision, value, and vibe. Um, another thing is internship, mentorship, and entrepreneurship. So internship, you know, maybe this I'll talk to, I'll be talking to the fresh graduates and the entry level, you know, people now. So internship is, um, Again, for the young people, we're very big on profit, 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 you know, income, income. I get it. You know, you can't do a lot of things without money. I totally understand. But I'd rather you do a lot of things without money so that when, when the money starts coming, you know, you will know that, yes, I have started earning. Yeah. So internship is just basically a time when you attach yourself to either an individual or a corporate body, you know, to render your services or to add value to them, you know, from your place of strength, even though you're not, you might not be paid for it. Is it that you're not paid for it or you're not, uh, you're not paid for it or you're just giving basic stipends, right? So, Internship is something that a lot of fresh graduates need to lev leverage on, you know, to move to a more permanent position. An internship period is a period where 
even though you're not being paid, you're showcasing your skills so that you will be paid eventually. You know, um, so mentorship. Mentorship is just basically committing to a particular relationship where you're open to, you're open to learning from a particular person's experience um, in different areas of your life. So I tell people that um, um, some people say you, can, you cannot have one mentor for everything. I, I, I agree. You know, so some people have mentors for business, mentors for finances, mentors for career, mentors for their spiritual lives, mentors for different areas of their lives. I understand. Uh, but it's also possible that you have a mentor. I mean, I'm also talking from experience. I have one particular mentor, even though I have other mentors, but I have one, one particular mentor that covers for most areas of my life, you know. So mentorship is very important. Look for that one person that you can have easy access to, that one person that, that has been tested and tried over time, you know, that one person that you trust their counsel, you know, and you trust their, their wisdom level, you know, and you also trust from the results that they have achieved, you know, in what they are doing. You trust that they can move you from where you are at the moment to where you want to be. Entrepreneurship. So when I say entrepreneurship, I've never been of the school of thought that everybody should own a business or everybody should run a business. Don't get me wrong. That is not what's, that is not the entrepreneurship that I'm talking about. What I'm referring to is maybe I should, I should target a sense of ownership. So when you do entrepreneurship, as people know, it is running your business. But the entrepreneurship that I am referring to is working in an organization and acting like it's your business that you're running. So that sense of ownership has to be there. So I've mentioned internship, I've mentioned mentorship, and I've mentioned entrepreneurship. And I'll also mention another thing, productivity over profit. Productivity over profit. I mentioned earlier that young people are very profit-driven, they're very income-driven. I understand that a lot of things need no. money to actually be done. A lot of things need money to be achieved, but profits will eventually come when value is served on the table. Income will follow suit when value is served on the table. And, uh, another thing, uh, skill over certifications. So we're very also, we're, we're very big on, oh, I want to get uh, a certificate, so CIPM, CIBN, um, ICANN, ACCA, you know, all of those certificates and all of those certifications. I am not against them. I am very pro adding value. I mean, when I started, I said something about being a very L&D driven person. So I'm very big on adding value to self. However, it might be worthy, you know, it might be a worthy cost to actually garner skills you know, than to add another certificate to the plenty certificates that you have, you know, already. So it can be basic skills. It can be, it can be Microsoft Excel. You, Microsoft Excel, you can't, you, there, I'm sure there is a certification for it, but Microsoft Excel is a skill that you can add to be, to be better at the job that you do. It can be soft skills, you know. It can be either soft skills or technical skills. 
But let's not be so certificate and certification driven that we ignore the basic things that we can even add to ourselves, even without paying money, right? I would also mention generalist over specialist. So um, there was a clip that um, the convener, Amaka, also had me do um, sometime recently. Um, she wanted to basically find out, you know, rather hear my thoughts on generalist and specialist. So in the, in the, in the light of um, the question she asked, you know, looking at the Nigerian job market and career outlook for 2020, being a specialist is fantastic because you have decided to master, you know, a specific area, right? But in the world of today, being hands-on with almost everything, you know, and not shutting your eyes to certain tasks, because maybe you say something like they are not your typical area of specialization or stuff. I would like to mention here that managing directors, MDs and CEOs, you know, MD and CEO roles, they are typical they're typically those people that have done well in running other people's business, running other people's businesses, really, you know, caring about brand and, you know, reputation management, dealing well with people, both staff and clients alike. So MDs are people who have actually juggled a lot of things, you know, and become those whole people. So MDs are good with people, MDs are good with uh, marketing, they are good with bottom line, they are good with brands, you know, they are good with visibility, they are good with networking. So if you tell yourself that, ah, no, this is not my space, you know, I am a customer service person, we totally understand. Be a customer service person, but don't, do not shut your eyes, like I said earlier, do not shut your eyes to taking on other tasks, you know, that will improve your, that will improve your ability, you know, to latch on opportunities that may present themselves, you know, in future. So technical skills can only get you far enough for a good salary. Looking at the job outlook, you know, the job outlook for, um, the job outlook for here, uh, technical skills can only get you far enough for a good salary. Interpersonal skills can take you very far on the path of strong networks and even building friendships that always eventually translate into currency. You know how people say, uh, you know, technical, I'm very technical, like I'm, I'm good at this, I'm good at that, but maybe they are bad with people, they don't, they, they don't have relational skills and, you know, stuff. So in 2020, technical skills are great, but interpersonal skills are things that you need to, with everything that you have, you need to start training yourself, you know, for interpersonal skills. So, um, okay, yes, so I, I had introduced myself when we started, and I think I've covered for this also. Uh, when you filled the Google Sheets, you were made to or rather you were asked to provide two questions, two pressing questions, you know, and you all did. We have so many questions, you know, so I'll just dive into the questions. Amaka, if you can hear me, please, can you, can you okay that I can go ahead with um, the questions, please? Yes, ma'am, you can go ahead. 
Okay. Yes, thank you. Okay, so to the questions, uh, I'll just start. So Amaka has done a great job at categorizing the questions. So we have um, one category that says career transition, another one career progression through climbing the ladder, and then another one workplace issues. So I'll just start. Um, there, there are a lot of questions actually, but I'll pick on, they are all genuine, legit, and important questions, you know. But there are just some that tie into others, you know. So I have also done my own, you know, um, subcategorization. So switching to HR, uh, how do I switch to HR? I hear you, switching to HR is great. I also need to confirm, you know, the person who is asking this question, are you switching to HR because you are one of, you belong to the school of thought that um, HR is an easy career and HR is something you can learn on the go? If that is the case, I would advise you not to even go near HR because HR is one of the most tasking professions, you know, or career spaces to be in because you're dealing with people. They have, you have been entrusted with people's lives. You have been entrusted with people's destinies, you know. So if you are not a people's person and um, you're just getting into HR, I would advise against it. But if you're getting into HR because you like, you like people, you love people, you love to deal with people, you love to, you know, take on yourself, people's issues and people's challenges and help them deal with it, then um, switching to HR, it's great. What I advise you to do is just read enough. Read enough and be armed with enough theoretical knowledge, enough for anyone to trust you with an internship. I tell people, internship is good, yeah? But before you, before you think to get an internship, you need to be prepared. You need to ask yourself, what do I know? You need to ask yourself, how well have I read, you know? So theoretical knowledge is good enough for anyone to trust you with an internship or a temporary role or even a permanent job, you know? So be open, with, be open to starting with seemingly administrative or menial tasks and then also be willing to learn so that you can progress. I mentioned something that I started my career in a consulting firm. But even though I had worked in a consulting firm, trust me, when I moved into the generalist HR space, I was like a primary school child. Like I just, I was, my ears were on the ground. My ears were always attentive to listen to instructions, to take on tasks, even tasks that don't even concern me or tasks that won't be assigned to me. I was very willing to, you know, tell me what I can do. Can I help you with this? Why are you doing this? What kind of email are you sending? Like I was asking questions back then. Thankfully, I had a great team. You know, I had a great team. Uh, I mentioned something that you should be open, you know, switching to HR should be open and willing to learn so that you can progress. That is very important. There's nothing wrong with being the one filing documents and sorting out training rooms and, you know, all of those things. You need to start small. You know, you need to start small. Um, someone asked when to leave an organization. Well, when to leave an organization, I would say maybe when it becomes toxic and it affects your overall health. 
So your physical health, your spiritual health, and your mental health, you know, when it affects your health, then you know that it's time for you to leave. Also, when growth and development is stifled, you know, and when progress is not even perceivable, then you know that it's time for you to leave. Um, can I link maths? Can I link? Can I link mathematics education with human resources and arts? Linking maths with arts, of course, yes, you can do. You can do that. Anything can be linked. <clears throat> so far, the interest is there, and so far, the willingness to learn is there. I'm sure we have all heard stories of medical doctors who are businessmen. We've heard stories of lawyers who are event planners. We've heard stories of maybe engineers, you know, who are tailors or, well, as they call them, like tailors, fashion designers, you know, etc. So, of course, that, that can definitely happen. Um, how do I make my LinkedIn profile attractive? Okay, so attractive is a good word, but um, attractive to, to, to get whose attention? That's always my question. It's, so it's good for your LinkedIn profile to be attractive, but whose attention are you trying to get? Are you trying to get? So LinkedIn is not another Facebook. LinkedIn is not another Instagram. So the attractiveness has to be within the confines of intelligence, you know, intelligence and value, value creation. So making your LinkedIn attractive, have a good profile picture, um, a very lovely and formal headshot, you know, of course, I'm not talking about a passport. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying. But yeah, a good profile picture, very lovely and formal headshots, proper names and proper surnames, not pet names. Like, I mean, I have a pet name, but you won't see that pet name on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a formal space. LinkedIn is a corporate space and you need to keep it formal. You need to keep it corporate. Some email addresses, I, I, maybe I should, I should also, this is for entry-level um, fresh graduates and entry-level um, people here. So some of you might need to change your email addresses, you know, like, okay, my name is Amaka. I can say um, some, some people might have an email like um, buzzamax at yahoo.com or, or, or ping, 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 Amakus, um, um, you know, something, you know. I always tell people, people look at you in the way that you have presented yourself. So personally, I might not look at you that way, but it gives me a certain impression about you if I see that kind of, if you send me that kind of email, you know, and I, I see that kind of address. It's okay for you to have your full name as your email address, right? So on LinkedIn, making your LinkedIn profile attractive, that I also said within the confines of intelligence, you know, and being a, a professional, you need to have proper name, proper surname. You need to have a progressive job history. So for, for entry-level people, nobody's saying you should form something that you've never done. No. But just have something. Maybe if you were class, um, I mean, everybody knows, people can see that, okay, you graduated maybe 2000 and this is 2020, you graduated 2018, you can put something like, okay, so you were class rep for so-so and so year, you were class representative, you were maybe um, a, a 
a society, you were a representative or something, you know, just have like a progressive job history, have your clear educational qualifications and certifications. Community development is now a big attraction these days, you know. So community development, have you been involved in any NGO volunteering and involvement? And I would like to say here, not everyone should be a founder. Some people are cut out to be founders. Okay, so founder of this, founder of that. But you can also be a part of what these foundations are doing, you know. So um, just like people want to own, you, you don't necessarily have to own something, you know, to start with. It's okay for you to be part of something that someone else owns, you know. It still counts for a lot that you're volunteering to make the society better, you know. So um, another thing, other ways you can make your LinkedIn profile attractive, have intelligent comments, intelligent suggestions, or your opinions or questions on posts, you know. Have put up pictures of your corporate space or volunteer work. So maybe you work with uh, Slum to School, or you work with Leading Ladies Africa, or you work with, you know, any of these really good and uh, structured uh, NGOs. And maybe you did like a society, a field work or a society development, uh, you know, thing. You can put up pictures. Okay, so um, I was involved in so, so, and so, you know, that counts for a lot, actually. You can also write articles, articles that touch on trends. You know, when I tell people writing articles, they're like, oh, you know, writing is not my thing. You know, I don't write. It's okay. Just Google a particular trend on LinkedIn, or rather on Google, just put it on your Google search. Let it come up with, um, 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 let it come up with options, you know. Copy a link, put it on your LinkedIn profile, and have maybe a statement or something that represents your own opinion about the topic. And that counts for something, you know. Like I said, articles on trending topics so what are the thing what are the things that are trending in the workspace now you know i mean these are things that make your linkedin profile attractive uh, someone said that uh, i graduated with a first class honors in electronic engineering but i don't like my profession so i feel frustrated to go further on it so first class in electronic engineering uh, that's great you should be really proud of yourself. I mean, I didn't graduate the first class, so I'm really proud of you, right? So it's something you should be proud of. But before you get frustrated and before you dump your electronic engineering and your first class, I think you should ask yourself questions before that transition. You might want to either change jobs, I mean jobs, uh, change the company, you know, or you might, be, you might want to be introduced to other aspects of electronic engineering. You might also want to be mentored by passionate professionals in that field who are also very successful. The truth is sometimes the people that, the organization where you work, you know, affects your vibe. And then the people that you're also exposed to also affects your vibe. So changing, either changing the company where you work or changing or getting mentors that are very passionate about electronic engineering and are very successful in the field also might just change this frustration status that you're in, you know. It's just like, okay, so typically a lawyer, a lawyer cannot be frustrated in a litigation firm if he or she has not tried other aspects of law. 
So there's the finance, there's capital markets, there's aviation, there's company sectorial. So if you haven't tried all the other aspects of your profession, I don't think you should throw in the towel or you, you get frustrated, you know. After all, you know, after all these things that I have mentioned, after they don't work, then we can start considering a career change, right? Um, so someone said, what, what, what is your advice on, what do you advise on the chances of securing international jobs? So securing in, an international jobs, what you need to first ask yourself is, what are these international organizations looking for? You know, have you connected with the people that are in those organizations already, especially the very companies that you're looking at working? When you connect with those people, it's okay for you to ask them questions so that they can help you prepare and position yourself appropriately. Right. Someone says, I know I am called, I know I'm called to help people and have worked in the banking sector for almost 14 years in sales and marketing with little or no fulfillment. And this person says, I would like to know how to make a career out of my passion, you know, and making people better than my, than better off than where they were before my interaction with them. 14 years sales and marketing in banking, but not fulfilled. And you know that you're called to help people. So maybe I should ask, what area are you called to help people? Do you know what area you're called to help people? You know, I'm open to, you know, talking about this because uh, I kind of play in the NGO space, you know, and I'm also in the corporate space. So I'd like to actually talk with, you know, you. So you are actually at an advantage, you know, if you're looking at social entrepreneurship, because the people who actually do social entrepreneurship, their passion makes them forget the business part of what they are doing. And having 14 years sales and marketing in banking, you can actually help them connect their influence to their impact, to their income, you know, so... You are, you, are, you are at a very big advantage, you know, if I if I'll say that. So please let us talk if you are on. Getting a good job. How do I get a good job? So if you're on, if you're an entry-level, you know, person, start looking for internship opportunities at good companies. I tell people that brand affiliation is very important. Be selfish when it comes to that. That selfishness, you can tell people that is enlightened self-interest. Be selfish when it comes to positioning yourself strategically to achieve what you want to achieve in life. You know, so look for internship opportunities at good companies and do very well enough to be retained. That's for the entry-level people. So if you are not an entry-level person, be verbal and visible on LinkedIn. Speak about your achievements, and then you, have, you need to network aggressively, you know, but constructively. Network aggressively, but constru constructively. Someone says delay from companies after applying for a job. Well, I always advise, you know, to write an email after a week or two weeks, just to touch base and to ask when you're likely to receive feedback. Some recruitment processes usually actually take longer, you know, than others because everyone is trying to get the best talent. It's 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 tasking, you know. It's tasking and it's discouraging at times, you know, when you when you experience these delays. 
but I would advise you not to give up because um, you, you, you're, you're getting there. You're very, you're closer than you were, you know, the first time you started. Um, how do I get top successful HR consulting firms to find me, especially when they are not recruiting? Especially when they are not recruiting, I would advise that you register with them, you know, so there are a couple of um, HR consulting firms. Register with them, connect with them, send unsolicited emails that are very polite, and also have people put in word for you. This is where networking works. Like networking, you cannot afford not to be well networked, you know, so have people put in word for you. Someone says, how can I make a difference in my career and how do I build confidence at any interview without previous experience? Trust me, there's nothing to be ashamed of, you know. Those on the interview panel also started out like you. Be confident in your soft skills. I mentioned soft skills earlier when we started. Be confident in your soft skills and in the theoretical knowledge you have. Also, be confident in the part-time or temporary jobs that you have done. Even if it's industrial attachment or NYSE, just be confident in whatever you have done. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Next, do not lie about your experience. You know, it will be wrong for you to say you have done what you, what you have not done. You know, that will be wrong and that will be unethical, you know. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. Do not lie about your experience. Be truthful about what you have done and be very convincing about what you can do if given an opportunity. Be truthful about what you have done and be very convincing about what you can do if given an opportunity. Okay, another question. How do I continue to remain relevant in the financial services industry? Fast forward to 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now and start thinking of what will be useful then. You know, so remaining relevant in your field requires that you think ahead of others. So just fast forward your thinking. Fast forward your thinking. Five years from now, what will be happening in this uh, financial um, services industry. 10 years from now, what will be happening? 15 years from now, what do I see happening? 20 years from now, what do you... move ahead of your peers. You know, move ahead of your, your peers. Start thinking of what will be useful then. Start reading up and start taking courses and acquiring those skills now. So you'll be prepared and not left behind when that future, you know, and when that, when that time actually comes. Someone said, what do I do with my life? Leave it. <laughs> leave it passionately and excitedly so. Just live your life, you know, knowing that problems come to pass. You know, problems don't come to stay. They actually come to pass. How do I... How do I be a leader in my field? How do I be a leader in my field? Okay, so how many leaders do you know in your field? I'm usually very, you know, upfront and blunt when it comes to this, you know, this kind of question. You want to be a leader, I understand, but how many leaders do you know already? Because truth is, if you do not fraternize 
affiliate or associate with fellow leaders, then you're doing yourself a disservice. If you want to be a leader and you're moving with people that are not leaders, how will, who will grow who or who will encourage who? You know, so how many leaders do you know in your field? How much access do you have to them? How well do you ask to have time with them? You know, do you have a mentor in your field? How much value are you adding to yourself to get to the top? These are sincere questions, you know, that you need to ask yourself. So turning your HR career, someone, someone is asking, how do, I, how do I turn my HR career into a profitable, uh, let me try to get, how do I turn my HR career to a profitable and inspiring business? You can do this. You can actually do this as long as it is not in conflict with your nine to five job, right? As long as it is not in conflict with your nine to five job. You can do private consulting with small companies. You can do recruitment for them. You can you know, sit on interview panels for them. You can do trainings for them. And so many other things that you can do for these small companies. A lot of HR career professionals, even now, you know, they have nine to fives, but they do a lot of stuff now. I'm sure you can go on LinkedIn, you know, look, look for them on LinkedIn and connect with them. I am very big on being a part of what someone else is doing before getting off on your own. I am very big on that. You know, it's okay for you to be sure and certain that yes i've done enough in my hr space and i can get on to you know run my own hr i agree i am not doubting your skills or your competencies i'm also i'm also you know advising that you get on with people who have done these things you get on with people who have done these things you know in the past and then, or people who are doing it presently, you know, so that you can be better equipped when you want to get on, you know, or rather get off to do your own thing. Someone asked if it's compulsory to, is it compulsory to be certified in a particular, is it compulsory to be certified in a particular field so as to gain relevance? Well, it depends on the field, to be honest. You know, but there are just some things about certifications. Certifications are more like endorsements. You know, they are just more like superior endorsements that you are capable and you have the capacity. So, sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. So sorry, I'm trying to mute them, but the option isn't coming up. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but can, you, can, you hear, can you still hear me? Yes, I can, I can hear you. And I think okay. can Everyone can hear me. Okay. So um, I was saying about, about the being, comp is it compulsory to have a certification? You know, I was saying that it depends. It actually does depend on the field, you know. So a certification, what I think a certification is, is like a superior endorsement, you know, of what you're capable and you have capacity to do, right? So 
I would also touch on the society where we live in. Nigeria is a very certificates and certification driven society, you know, if you get what I mean. But I am all for competence, you know. Certifications are good, having those certificates are great, but I'm all for competence. There are too many lies these days. You find out that like, a lot of people have these have zero skills and then they have loads of certificates you know so i i have sat on uncountable interview panels you know and you know how people send in their cvs you see certifications you see professional bodies professional bodies and then when you get to have a conversation with them you just find out that there's nothing you know there's 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 nothing there's nothing there you know and then you're wondering how does this person have all these certificates and this person cannot even have a proper conversation to to defend the certificates you know that this person has so certification is great for networking also because when you when you have like a certain okay so i'll use cipm for example they have these workshops, seminars, you know, periodic uh, networking events. It will be great for you to meet with these other professionals. But the whole idea is do not have a certificate if you do not have competencies to back, to back it up. You know, that's, that's summary, you know, for me. Someone says, how can I write my certification in the midst of having too much to do at work and no motivation. It's really a task. And I'm, this I'm talking from personal experience. It's a, real, it's a real huge task. Having a great support system is the best thing that can ever happen to anyone. You know, from having understanding bosses to having understanding colleagues at work, you know, people that obviously can cover up for you and get some tasks off you just to make sure that you have some extra reading time for yourself, you know, to even having family members that can take on your chores, that's your domestic chores, family members that can take care of your kids because it's even more tasking, you know, for females, for mothers who have kids and they have to read for all these, you know, certifications and for all these exams, you know. So having that support system is the best thing that can ever happen to you. And don't just have the support system and just have them for having sake. No, have the support system and do not fail to ask for help, right? Have the support system, but do not fail to ask for help. Decide to do it and you go for it. Uh, giving up is not an option. Everyone is always tempted to give up at one point or the other, but giving up is not an option. Also, I would advise that you ask those who have achieved success, you know, despite challenging schedules, learn from them, ask them how they did it, learn from them. I would also advise against getting information and getting, you know, gist from people who, who failed to overcome the challenges because it will just dampen your spirits. Like people are like, oh, you have two kids. Oh, you have, you, you have two kids and you're reading for I can see. Don't even bother. Just tell them that you are not doing, you know. You don't need those kinds of people in your life. You know, trust me, everybody needs the positive vibes, right? Someone says, with a degree in chemistry and a passion to build in HR, where do I start from? 
with a sorry with a degree in chemistry and a passion to build a career in HR, where do I start from? Start reading. I've mentioned this before. Start reading, start looking out for HR roles, even though they might be junior administrative roles, but you need to start from somewhere. Certification with CIPM will also help, especially because they are trainings, workshops, and networking events, you know. So just start. Chemistry is a course. Chemistry is a course, and obviously you are a graduate. So being a graduate is foundational to any other thing that you want to eat a it's foundational and it's a great place to build any other thing on right so just just start you know just start someone says are there scholarships for a master's in the career path i have chosen well i don't know the career path you have chosen but i pretty much think you know that there are scholarship for scholarships for masters in every career or in most careers right in most careers so what I would advise, you know, ask questions. There are, there are loads of scholarships out there. So there are full scholarships, there are partial scholarships, you know, but what I would advise, be particular about the schools. I mentioned earlier that brand affiliation is key to landing that great job. Brand, don't just go to any school just because you want to do masters. Go to a school that you know that if anyone sees that school on your CV, you know, they will want to have something to do with you because they know that you're bringing value based on the reputation that the school has. Uh, how do I, okay, how best to sell my skills? How best to sell your skills? Well, at work, add value. Add value. Sometimes people sell skills without without showing results for it, you know. People just want to talk. I've done this, I've done that. And then, okay, so when it comes down to, okay, tell us what you have done. Show us what you have done. Can anybody, can anybody defend, you know, this to say, ah, yes, Amaka has done so, so, and so. And then they are confused. So selling your skills, number one, make sure you're adding value. You're adding value, you're delivering results. And then in the case where people do not still acknowledge those skills, you need, you need to then remind them by speaking about these skills and, you know, what you have done. Not confrontationally, though. Humbly, politely, you know, just as a reminder. Oh, oh, you remember that, you know, on that project, I was the one that actually connected with so-so-and-so person. Or as I was the one who made that call with them to that ambassador. And, you know, he came through. You know, just, just those, rem those subtle reminders. And I'm sorry, I have to say this. Truth is, your employer may never see these, but you cannot afford to stop because you don't know who is watching. You don't know who is watching. People are constantly watching. People are constantly looking to see what who is doing, you know. So you cannot afford to stop because your employer fails to recognize or acknowledge, you know, how well you're doing. How to write an impressive CV and cover letter. Uh, I'm not a professional at this, to be honest. There are those who do this professionally. So you can also look up and reach out to, you know, one of those people. But one major thing, do not lie. Do not lie. It's okay for you. It's great for you to have an impressive CV that is filled with truths. It's, 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 
a turn off to have an impressive CV that is filled with lies. So do not lie. Just make sure you have done, sorry, just make sure you have done everything you say you have done on your CV and make sure that you can confidently defend all that you have in your CV, you know. Um, another thing, let your passion be on display. People see your CV before they even want to meet with you. Some people see your CV and they don't even want to have anything to do with you. So let your passion be on display, especially for your cover letter. Your CV, let it be all filled with things that are true and things that you can confidently defend. And your cover letter, let it display your passion, you know. Let it display your passion. How do I share? How do I share attention between my main hustle and my side hustle? Okay, first things first. I do not like the word hustle. Hustle seems very synonymous to struggle, and I do not like anything that suggests suffering. I'm sorry. But yes, I understand the question. Okay, so there is a reason why you call it main hustle. Because it's main, actually. One, one of the things I always say is never work on your employer's time. I think it's unfair and I think it's a wrong seed that you're sowing. Trust me, you have a business someday and you would not want your employers or rather your employees to be doing side stuff, you know, on your time, the time that you pay for. Your employer paid for these hours. That's the honest truth. Get home before you do your own side business. When you get to a point that you think you cannot cope anymore, you then make your side business your main thing. And you give it all your time, you know. So talking about sharing your attention, you cannot share the attention between your, your full-time job and your side hustle. No, you cannot. I think it's unfair. Again, I think it's a wrong seed that you're sowing. So what you can do, get, do your work, work for your employer and give him all the hours that he has paid for, he or she has paid for, get home, Use your night time, use your weekends, use your lunch break, use your public holiday. Trust me, you're building your life. So you definitely have to give it your all, right? Someone says 31 years of age, not a really fast career pace, and just at the first stage of obtaining a professional certification. Can I still reach as far as I wish for, considering age, time, and little experience acquired? 31, slow learner just that first stage of professional certifications, trust me, all those sound very familiar. Very, very familiar. I mean, I, I have a couple of people that are in that category at the moment. Of course, you can still reach as far as you want and you wish for. Are you really keen on getting there? Are you willing to pay the price? The truth is, you may need to work twice or three times as fast as the younger ones would. But are you ready? If you're ready, then just do it. Really. Just do it. 31, there's, there's an evil adage that says that whenever you wake up is your morning. Of course, that also can indulge people in bad, bad habits, you know, laziness and procrastination. But I'm just saying, 31, I understand. Not so much experience, it's okay, you know, but are you willing? Are you keen on getting there, that place that you've called there, that goal? Are you willing to get there? Are you willing to pay the price, you know? 
you need to, like I said, you need to walk maybe twice or three times as much or more than the younger ones have worked. Are you ready to do the work? If you're ready, then just go on, just do it, you know? So someone says, how can I leverage on LinkedIn? Well, leveraging on LinkedIn, what do you want to achieve? Who are those that, you, that are where you want to be? Have you connected with them? Are you willing to connect with them? You know how people say things like, oh, this person has a big job uh, designation, vice president, so, so, and so, or managing director, so, so, and so. If I send a request to this person, will they accept my request? Will they agree to connect with me? Will they? Oga, madam, please stop asking questions. Is it what you want? Are those people where you want to get to? Please click that connect button. If possible, leave a private note, you know, to express your interest and your passion, you know, and then just get on with it. So who are those that are where you want to be? Connect with them, get interested and actively involved in what they are doing. I have said this too many times, you know, during this session. I am not, I am not of the school of thought that you have to own your own thing, own your own business, own your own foundation, own your own. Okay, it's good. I like the, 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 the term owner also, but it would be great for you to be genuinely interested and actively involved in what others are doing. Add value to them. You know, leveraging on LinkedIn is not just getting everybody on LinkedIn to do, to do things for you. You also need to be a seed. Sow yourself into what others are doing. And it's not, it's not that you now say, okay, so you want to work with them. Sometimes it's just, okay, so uh, um, I know so-so-and-so person. Yeah, I like what you're doing on LinkedIn. Congratulations. I saw the award. Congratulations. I saw the recognition. You know, I, have, I, I know someone that can help you do so-so-and-so. I mean, it can be anything. Just add value to them. Make people's lives easier on LinkedIn. You will get access easily after earning trust. People need to trust that you're genuinely interested in what they're doing and not think that you just want to get that access because you want to use them. Nobody wants to be used. Like my mentor says, nobody wakes up in the morning looking for people to help up and down. No. No, nobody does that. So be that seed. So yourself, give value to people so that you can get value back. For entrepreneurs, so another question for entrepreneurs, how can one get businesses through LinkedIn? Well, target your potential clients, check them out, follow them for a while, observe their businesses. Very importantly, send congratulations. You see, of course, your your you're connecting to them. Um, they need to know that you are following their success stories. And usually these professionals are... Amaka, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Do it went okay. off a few seconds, but it's back now. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So follow their success stories. Like I said, very importantly, try to try to 
acknowledge their acknowledge their successes maybe you come across um they got a recognition by cnn or bbc or bloomberg or forbes send congratulations you know don't just write congratulations you can but it will be good to apply yourself you know congratulations or i i came across you know the the award or i came across the recognition i have followed you for a while now i think this is very well deserved you know and i look forward to more just something just you know they need to just know that you are following you are following um you're following even with the intent of getting things from them but you're also acknowledging the good things that they are also doing you know so follow their success stories look for how you can add to what they are already doing and make it better also good introductions count for a lot introduce yourself if in this that you are schedule a physical meeting if they are not schedule a you know, and that Skype meeting or that Zoom meeting or, you know, that meeting might just be to introduce yourself and to learn more about the person. You don't have necessarily have to start with, let's schedule a meeting and then you're telling the person, this is what I do for a living. Come and buy into what I'm doing. No, you know, it's okay for you to have right. Then, uh, Uh, you should ask, okay, so what is your person? What would you do without necessarily? Sorry, I think we lost you at some you point. You know, interest. Oh, wow. Sorry, what was, what was the last thing? Can you hear me? Yeah, the last question. We didn't, I didn't quite get it. I think we lost oh. you at that point. Yeah. The last question. Sorry, what was, what was the last thing Okay, so you talked about the last thing I heard. Let me see. I'm yeah, okay. when you talked about um, uh, applying ourselves, sending congratulatory messages to people we okay. admire or try to connect with. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the, the next question, how do I know the career that suits me? Can you hear me now? Okay. Yes, yes, it's better now. Yeah, Thank how you. do I know, how, knowing the career that suits you? So I was saying that 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 is that depends, right? So you need to ask yourself. You need to know your personality. You need to know your interests, and you need to actually know things that you would do necessarily without any wages or salary for it. You know, I should also add here that aside from knowing the career that suits you, you need to also get on with something that is also profitable and most especially fulfilling. So it's possible that you get a career that you get on with a career that suits you and you are not fulfilled or you get a career that suits you and it's not profitable. So it's either fulfilling or profitable. Some people, fulfillment works perfectly for them. They don't even need to, need to earn a dime. So far they feel fulfilled, right? So knowing the career that suits you, ask yourself what your personality is, ask what your interests are, and ask what you can do necessarily, you know, without necessarily earning a salary for, for it. How do I improve myself in order not to remain redundant? I'd mentioned this before. Fast forward to 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, from now. Observe trends and equip yourselves 
or equip yourself solve problems, problems of the noun and problems of the future. That is how you can remain relevant or improve yourself in order to not to remain redundant. Oh, wow. It says my internet connection is unstable. Can you hear me? Hello, Maka, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Though sometimes... Okay, did you, yes, yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, did you, did you lose me again? Yes, we can hear you. No, no, we didn't. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I was saying that... Um, Fast forwarding to fast forwarding to 10, 5, 10, 15 years, you know, from now, and ensuring that you are equipped, you're well equipped to solve problems of the noun and problems of the future. Uh, someone said, how do how does an entry-level candidate strategically position himself for opportunities in marketing and corporate communication? Read. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you guys have heard read like one million times, but I'm very big on reading, right? Read and prepare yourself to be ready to grab opportunities. If you're an entry-level person, intern, look for internship opportunities. So this person has mentioned marketing and corporate comms, right? It's okay for you to take up an internship role in the marketing and corporate comms space even though you do not have a direct marketing and corporate comms role, it will be good for you to start up in that space, right? If you're, if you're being offered a front desk role, a customer service role, a PA role, administrative officer role, etc., as far as it is a role in the industry that you want to major in, please take the job. Take the job and then you start to do your work. You need to show interest in the core role. That's the marketing and corporate communications. And then ask, you know how young people, and again, I'm, I'm not, I'm not um, this is not a condescending statement, but young people these days, they, they don't like to take on, take on tasks, right? They're like, oh, no, this is not my job. Oh, this is not my job. Even older professionals, they also do it. This is not my job. Who's, who, who, whose job is it? You know, so when you intern, you need to be begging to even be given more tasks, you know, especially because you know that you're going after something. Especially because you know that there's something you're targeting and you're focused and bent on getting, you know, that marketing and corporate comms role. So like I said, even if you get a customer service role, front desk role, admin role, PA role, so far it is in the space where you actually want to major in. Please take the job and then you work your way up, right? How do I... Okay, what are the best customer service courses, certifications at the moment? And how do I attain them? Well, go online. Uh, go online. Check EDX, check Allison, check Coursera. Lagos Business School is great, you know. Uh, the truth is that there are a lot of customer service, you know, role and um, courses at uh, Lagos Business School. They might seem too expensive, but trust me, the benefits far outweigh the costs, you know, and the networking is great. I'm sure you, you, you know by now that I'm very big on networking, you know. The networking is great. So you cannot even afford not to spend the money for now so that you can attract 
you know, the value that comes with it. So I'll move on to the workplace issues. So we have a few questions under the workplace issues. Uh, okay, so Amaka, I don't know, does anybody have a question just before I go on to the workplace issues? Yes, please. Emmanuel asked a question on the oh, sorry. chat. Sorry, let me just go through that. Uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Yeah. Thank you for your time so far. What can be the salary expectation for an entry-level internship role? This is a common question when applying for a job role. Is there a fixed sum or is it based on the industry? It is based on the industry sometimes. It is based on the generosity of individual companies at other times. It is based on politics, who you are coming from at other times. It is based on a lot of things actually. So just today, I got someone an internship. No, it's not internship. An industrial, what do they call that? In IT, right? Industrial attachment. I got someone an industrial attachment uh, role in an architectural firm. And she's a 300 level student and she, she's going to be paid, I think, 20,000 or so for an, for, an IT, for an IT, industrial attachment. Yeah, that's what it's called. You know, so that is a form of internship, but that is also not a form of internship because people, they, they, so people think internship is graduate internship. So there's undergraduate internship and there's graduate internship, you know, so she's going to be paid 20,000. Uh, and that is in, in the architecture space. It's possible that there are other architectural firms that might pay her 70K. It's possible some might even pay 100K. You know, so there's no fixed amount. It depends on the industry, it depends on individual companies, it depends on uh, yeah, people's individual generosities, really, you know, really. Um, is there any other question? Please, Atamaka, can you share the comment you shared earlier regards to writing CV? Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, so about writing CVs, uh, sorry, let me just touch on that. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, so an impressive CV. Some, someone asked something about an impressive CV and cover letter. So I said to the person that I am not a professional in that space. I know there are people who do that professionally, helping people put together CVs and cover letters. But one major thing, do not lie. Do not lie. Just make sure... All you have on your CV are things that you have done, are things that you can confidently defend. Do not lie. And then for your cover letter, let your passion be on display. You know, let your passion be on display. People need to know that you are passionate about, you know, what you want to do. So let your passion be on display. Uh, okay, so thanks so much for seeing writing. Okay, yeah. Oh, fantastic. So Amaka has a blog, you know, they have articles that this is fantastic. Thank you so much, Amaka. Thank you. So hi, Amaka. Thank you for this inspiring session. As regards internship for HROs, I feel they are very limited. I have been on the lookout for such opportunities, but they are not coming. Can you advise me on that? Okay, so Glory, um, if you can send me, okay, so where exactly are you looking at? <laughs> You know, where exactly are you looking at? Off the top of my head, I can tell you, you know, just 
conversations that I've had with people recently, people that are actually looking for HR interns, graduate HR interns, people that have second two, three years experience, right? So it depends, where are you looking at? Who are you talking to, you know, and all. Uh, Amaka, please, is there any other question that I missed out on, please? Sorry, I didn't get that, please. What did you say? The, the, is there any other question that I missed out on? Okay, on the group chat, no, none at the moment. Okay. For now, yeah. Okay. Okay, so I'll just go on with um, uh, the workplace issues. Yeah. So someone said, uh, how do you, how do I manage an unwilling to learn subordinate? Okay, this is, this is the revised Amaka talking. You know, I, I, I like being very honest, you know, about my, my former self. So I used to be a very impatient person, actually. So impatient in the sense that, you know how you just don't get, that people don't, just don't get it, right? I, 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 don't, I don't know how to explain it, but you know how you, you think you think to yourself that, okay, so when I was this age, I wasn't this um, lazy or I wasn't this, uh, this clueless, you know? I mean, that was, that was my former self. I would think, I'm like, like why, how can you not even get it, you know? But, I mean, those were those days, you know, and I'll just give a task and eventually take on the task and do the task myself because I get tired of explaining, I get tired of encouraging, I get tired of motivating. But well, that's not me anymore. I tell people I am all for face-to-face -face counseling and I am also all for heart-to-heart -heart talk. <laughs> you know, some people actually want to do well, right? Some subordinates actually want to do well. Some team members actually want to do what they are asked to do. But they, too many of them have personal issues, right? So many of them have personal pressing issues. Marriage, relationship, health issues, family issues. Issues, personal issues, you know. So in love, you know, love that is within the confines of empathy and kindness, you know. I talk to people. And I would advise this person to talk, yeah. Have those face-to-face -face counseling sessions. Have those heart-to-heart, -heart, you know, conversations. Find out what exactly is wrong. And it will amaze you that when you actually find out the thing that is wrong with these people, you will wonder how they've been coping, you know, all the while. You know, but this is for people who have genuine and legit, you know, issues that is stopping, from, stopping them from actually doing what they are meant to do. But for others who are obviously outrightly lazy or recalcitrant, you know, they just don't want to do what they are expected to do. I'm sorry, but disciplinary process may have to follow, you know, which will most likely eventually lead to exit, you know, termination, advice to resign or something, you know, so... First things first, within the confines of empathy and kindness, make sure you have 
those face-to-face -face, you know sessions those heart-to-heart -heart conversations just find out what exactly is wrong you know and see how you can even help them manage their personal issues so that they can do better on their work you know but for others disciplinary action has to follow how to manage toxic work environments well first things first do not be part of these um or rather do not be part of uh, those that are emitting the toxins never be part of gossip never be part of bad mouthing your employer never be part of bad mountain management um i tell people that me i have a definition for corporate gossip corporate gossip is when you share problems with someone in the office that you know the person doesn't have the power to solve them that's corporate gossip you share information or problem or complaint or something that you're not have displeasure with me knowing that i do not have the power or the authority or the capacity or the capability to solve the issue for you that is corporate gossip so if someone does not fit into that person you know that can help you solve your issues in the workplace do not speak to the person about your problem right and then start planning your exits and eventually just leave you know people 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 don't know how bad working in a toxic environment you know is from, from personal experience, um, it took me, a, there was time I, I worked in, a, in an extremely toxic environment. It took me a whole year to win myself off the toxins I had taken in while I was there. You know, so you might not know, you might not know how badly, how badly it's affecting you till you leave, actually. You know, so just manage it well. Do not be part of it. Do not be part of those making it toxic. Do not be part of gossip. Do not badmouth your employer. Do not badmouth management. Uh, plan your exits and eventually leave if nothing doesn't change. Um, when one has not been paid for three months and at work and your boss has no remorse, is it right for one to resign or continue working till you get another job? Hmm. Okay, so first, first things first, uh, I am sorry that you have to go through this. Some companies, and I'm actually really sorry that you have to go through this. Some companies have genuine financial downtimes, <clears throat> right? Some companies have genuine in fact, very genuine financial downtimes. And it will be very much appreciated if this downtime is properly and effectively and empathetically communicated to its employees, right? So have a town hall meeting, have everyone sit down, explain, be transparent, explain what it is, you know, that is happening. That is for the companies that are good and they are, they are genuine, you know, they have genuine downtimes. But for others, they are just outrightly mean, you know, and not caring about other people. So that's, that's where I see that this person falls in. You haven't been paid for three months at work and your boss has no remorse. I think that is very unfair. Well, if it's the former, the former being genuine financial downtime, 
and you actually think that things will get better. Well, it might be advisable to continue working, but maybe trying to, you know, put in applications elsewhere. Um, some have family. Some people who are going through this have family that can support with maybe foiling their cars, sorting out transportation, feeding and all. But if you don't have the support system, you know, if you don't have supports, if you don't have anyone that can help you manage this uh, time that you have enough money to support yourself and maybe you have to stop work be sure that just be sure that you will get paid you know when or if things get better so you're asking if it's right to resign honestly it all depends on specific situations so if you see green lights ahead and you know it's genuine financial downtime it might be okay for you to you know continue working even though as you're working you're trying to apply elsewhere right so uh, someone asked how can i be efficient with a busy schedule uh, sorry i'm trying to check if i have any other questions ah okay there are questions here okay let me just get on with this. So how can I be best, how can I be efficient with a busy, how can I be efficient with a busy schedule? One minute, please. Okay, how can I be efficient with a busy schedule? Well, a to-do list, I have monthly to-do list, and I just, try as much as possible to prioritize wisely, you know, trying to differentiate the important from the necessary, trying to differentiate the urgent, you know, from the things. So in a firm where you have worked for a good number of years and there seem to be no promotion, what is the, what is the advice that is required on this scenario? So, Okay, so I, I mentioned earlier I'm very blunt when it comes to asking certain questions. So you have worked for a number of years and there seems to be no promotion. Is there even an organogram where you work? Is there an organogram? Is there anywhere to be... Do, do you get my question? Is there anywhere to be promoted to, you know? Because the truth is, you cannot wish for something that is not provided for. Do you get my point? You cannot be given your offer letter states associate role. And then in your mind, you're thinking that there will be a senior associate role. But there is nothing like that. And after a few years of working, you are expecting that you'll be promoted to senior associate. There's nowhere to, for you to be promoted to, you know. So do you think the promotion, so in the case that maybe there's an organogram, all of those things, do you think the promotion process has been unfair to you or do you just not qualified for it? So if it's the former, if you think that the promotion process has been unfair, do you think, or rather, is there a proper grievance procedure in the firm? If it's the latter, that's maybe you have not just qualified for it. 
you need to get our feedback on areas that you need to improve, you know, and then you have to work hard at being better positioned for the next promotion um, exercise. So there's somewhere that you can be promoted to. There's a next level, you know, for you. So um, what do you do when you know you're qualified for a higher position, but your boss would rather recruit from outside the organization because fresh ideas? <laughs> so if you hadn't included that, uh, the, the, the last part of the question, I would have said, well, have a conversation with HR or have a conversation with your boss. There must be something she is looking for as per skills or competencies. So find out what those skills and competencies are and value, add the value necessary, you know. But the truth is, you said because she needs fresh ideas. It might not just be fresh ideas. Some bosses just like new faces. They like new faces. They like the new flavor. They get bored of people easily, you know. So please, just plan your exits, you know. Just plan your exit, but while you are there, never let it be said that you were behaving in a certain way, you know, that showed that you were not happy. So, but start planning your exit, right? So how, do I, how can I work under pressure? And uh, how can I stop procrastinating? Well, how to work under pressure? Do not wait to get to that pressure level, you know? For cases of emergencies, which of course will definitely always, there will always be those cases of emergencies, calm. The truth is, issues get out of hand when you panic. Get all the necessary help. Get your line manager to get on board, get your colleagues, get your mentors, get online. Just get everything that you need, you know, to be able to sort out whatever pressure, you know, that is around you. And then how to procrastinate in. Me, I, I, I can be very hard on myself. When I, I keep putting things away, you know, for so long, I tell myself, okay, so I just tell myself, okay, I'm like, I think back at all you would have achieved if you had acted before now. Usually, that's for me, that is a motivation to stop procrastinating and just do it and just act, right? So how to stop procrastinating? Just, just do it, you know, just, just do it, really. Someone said career growth or income. I'm all for career growth, please. <laughs> the latter always follows if you're focused and you're ready to do the work. So anytime, any day, I will go for career growth over, I'll pick career growth over income. Okay, so how can I manage an aggressive boss? Hmm. How can you manage an aggressive boss? Uh, aggressive means different things to different people especially our young professionals of these days, you know. Aggressive to them might mean someone is very goal-oriented. Aggressive to them might mean someone is success-driven. Aggressive to them might mean, might mean someone is fast-paced, right? So if the aggressive that you mean is any of these three, just get on with the flow. The world waits for no one. Just get on with the flow, really. Get on with the flow, do the work, and yeah. But if the aggressive that you mean is actually maybe being hostile, likely to attack or confrontational, you know, never respond. Never respond. A boss is always a, a boss is still a boss, right? Never respond. Be polite. 
when things are calmer, either have a conversation with the boss or you report to HR. Hopefully, HR is, you know, a good, um, a good place, you know, that you can, you can express displeasure, you know, about things happening in the, in the office space. So, but never respond. Always be polite. Keep quiet. If you leave, right? Just leave. Because um, you, you want to always refer to a former boss as a former boss, you know, and maybe for cases where you need to get referral or reference or something, you know, from a past employer, you know, yeah. So someone has asked, how do I move forward in a company that doesn't promote nor reward staff? And I have been there. Hmm. Well, is there a policy? I, I, I think I addressed this earlier. Is there a policy for these? Is there a policy for promotion? Is there a policy for uh, recognition and reward? Or are you just hoping that, you know, these people will be nice, you know, and they'll do something nice? If they never promote or reward, will you stay on? You need to ask yourself, you know, these questions and then plan accordingly. Ask yourself, if these people never promote or if they never reward, now you said you've been there for five years, if they never... If you never get a promotion, would you still stay? So ask yourself these hard questions and then just plan, plan accordingly. So the best time to leave a toxic, so someone is asking when is the best time to leave a toxic environment and how do you deal with toxicity in the workplace? Um, the best, hmm. Okay, so the best time to leave a toxic environment I have different answers for different scenarios. So the best time might be when you get another job. The best time might be when your life is threatened. The best time might be when you cannot take it anymore. The truth is different people have different thresholds, really. Just the way I relate with different, you know, team members. There are some that if you if they bring you a not well written document, you can be very expressive. Like, I do not like that. I have to make these corrections all the time. You can tell some people that, but some people you can be like, why did you bring this thing to me? Please just take this thing away. You cannot treat everybody the same way. That is the, the same, in the same, like people, there are dif different people have different thresholds, you know? Toxic to one person might be coming to work in the morning, greeting your boss and your boss not responding to you. The person might just put in their resignation that same day. Toxic might, to someone else might be um, a boss sending tasks to your subordinate, not sending to you who is the team lead. The person might just say, you know what, I can't deal with this anymore. Toxic might be both of them mixed together and even more put on the person on one person's head and the person is still there, persevering. Different people have different thresholds. I like to give personal examples. Um, I, I, I left a toxic workplace and it was just after a phone call. I just told myself, you know what, I'm not going back there, <laughs> honestly. You know, I, I just, I, it was, I, I said, you know what, I am not, after, it, when I, in the morning, when I got to work, 
I did not uh, think to myself that I was going to leave. That evening when I was leaving from work, I did not think that I was going to leave. But a phone call was just what, you know, led me to, you know what, no, I can't take this anymore. You know, everyone has that breaking point, to be honest. So I can't determine, so you're asking when is the best time to leave a toxic work environment? Um, I can't tell you. I can't, I, honestly, I can't tell you when to leave. You, you will know, you know, you, you will know when to leave, right? You'll know when to leave and how to deal with toxicity. I've mentioned that before. Don't be part of it. Do not be part of it. That is, just don't be part of it. Don't be part of gossip. And I, I told you my own definition of corporate gossip. Corporate gossip is when you express this as management or him or your employer that you know the person doesn't have the power or authority to help you solve that is corporate gossip do not be part of it you know and um yes i think workplace issues really uh amaka can i can i go to the questions sorry ma'am can you go to can I, can I go to the questions now? I've, I've covered for the workplace issues. Okay, I think you can. Well, we, um, this is, we have seven more minutes to 9 okay. p.m. So I'm thinking, can we okay, so kind of round off and, you know? Yes, we'll, we'll do that now. Okay, and there is this question. So, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Maka, please, can you? Okay. Can you hear me? Hello, Heda, I can hear you. Yes, please. Yes, I can. There are, there are two questions on the group chat. Okay. I, I might want to round off with that. Okay. Yeah. So, so someone said, is it right to direct message to direct message professionals in your career that's the firm one is targeting to join for job opportunities via linkedin or twitter actually for training on internship well yes again you need to gauge your confidence level the max you can get is a no right if you get a no please just move on to someone else right but yes you definitely can send um, dm direct message yeah you can do that. You can do that. Okay, so Praise has a question. Okay, so before Praise um, asks um, the question, I'll just... There, there is another question from Glory. There is another question from Glory. So she said, please, can you advise me on better ways to search for this internship? I think the lady that I learned asked about internship. Internship. So okay, so Glory... Okay, can, can you please connect, connect with me on LinkedIn? Uh, We're out of time, so we need to round this up. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. We'll okay. definitely chat more. Okay, I think that's all. Yeah. It's easier to type, okay. This, here is a press okay. I'll be starting my first 
corporate internship by Monday, but I have a little time and a bit of low self-esteem issue. How do I manage this in order to position myself for a permanent role? Um, Praise, can you please send me a connection on LinkedIn and leave me a message so we can talk about this, please? All right. I also need information on the internship. Okay, so I'll do that. Okay, I'll look in. So, Chinasa, I hear you, and please send me a connection. Thank you. Okay, so in summary, um, I'll just, in summary, start right. Start right. Start right. That cannot, I cannot overemphasize that. Start right. Start with going to proper schools. Start with um, interning at proper organizations. Start with landing yourself good jobs, you know. Because I'm very big on brand affiliation. And it's a, I'm sorry, but it's a surface-driven surface environment that we live in. People want to be affiliated with the top names. Amaka, you understand what I mean? Yeah, you work yeah, right. in the big four. Yeah. You know, so you, you know what I mean. Sure. Some companies will actually tell you, if you have never worked in a big four, we cannot yeah. employ you. True. If you have never interned in a big four, we cannot employ you. True. Yeah. You know, if you have not interned in the top five organizations in our sector, we cannot employ you. True. Trust me, I hear those all the time. True. So in school, focus on your education get out with good grades so that you won't you even have a good a good leg through the door that is that is first things first that is major and then while you are in school internship is major undergrad internships after you get out please just undergrad um, graduate internships very important and then someone the person who mentioned about low self-esteem i can't wait to talk to you because I am very big on confidence. I tell people that sometimes you might be saying or oh, oh, something that is totally wrong, but the level of your confidence, people will actually think that you are right, honestly. <laughs> honestly, you know, so confidence in your speech, confidence in actually walking up to people and giving a, a firm handshake, all those things are important. And people see, people see all those things, people sense all those, all those things you know so start right you cannot afford not to start on a good note you know and ask always ask i tell people that the worst you can get is a no that's the worst you can get the worst you can get is a no after you get that no please dust the no off yourself move on and then go and approach someone else right also, finally, 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 you know, ask questions till you feel safe before you take up any job role. Ask questions till you feel safe. The truth is, I am very big on confidentiality, right? I won't necessarily give you details. I won't give you information. I'm not that person that will talk. But the truth is, there's, there's, there, the information is always available for you. So, before you take a job offer, connect with people that already work there. Tell them that you, you've, you, you know, you're considering coming in. Let them tell you what exactly is obtainable in there. 
you know, so that you can, you can make your decisions. You cannot afford to get into a cycle of career dissatisfaction. You won't be happy, you know. So ask questions till you feel safe. And while you are on your job, make yourself indispensable. You know how people say, nobody's indispensable. Me, I always tell people, of course, nobody is indispensable, but some people are irreplaceable. So even if you do without them, trust me, you can never be able to replace them. I'm telling you from personal experience also, you can never be able to replace them. They've left a mark there and raised a standard that nobody can ever meet up with. Right? So thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. We have Godfrey, we have Chinasa, Bamidele, Michael, Praise, Jennifer, Emmanuel, Elizabeth, Sophia, and Bill Keys, Chinedu. Thank you so much for hanging in there. And I hope I have not bored you, but thank you for listening in. And please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll be really, really excited, you know, to carry on uh, with this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And it's been an invaluable time, you know, shared with us. I really do appreciate that. All right, guys, thank you for hanging in here. We had more than 13 people join us at the beginning, but now we have just 13 people left. Thank you for hanging in. Mm-hmm. So will, we will send you um, a message, I mean, a mail after this class, and uh, we'll be having a, fee- a feedback form sent to you. So what we want you to do with that feedback mm-hmm. form is tell us what your take home from this session, what you learned, and maybe what we can improve on. So as many of you, as many as uh, of you that will be sending in the feedback form, we will add you to our database and we will um, send you job opportunities and opportunities like this as well to learn from other, you know, uh, achieved professionals who just, you know, add you to the, the database. So I will really, appreciate if you fill the form today and send back to us thank you so much for hanging in all right i think we'll come to the end of the class yeah so i recorded the class so i'm going to also send the recorded um the 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 clip to you all right thank you so much and thank you mr maka for your time Bye, everyone.
Yeah, I 